Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Man, it is, it is such a privilege to be here. It's, it's kind of weird. If I'm being honest, it's kind of weird to be back. Um, as, as Josh and Johnny said, we just arrived back after a 38-hour traveling stint. Got stuck in Hong Kong, and that was good times. But um, yeah, if I say anything ridiculous or silly today, then you can blame the jet lag, because the jet lag is real. If there's anything controversial, just, just blame it on the jet lag, okay? Um, something funny that happened on the way here, actually. We are going through the Israeli uh, airport security and it's pretty full on. It's it's pretty pretty full on. Now Gideon actually Gideon and Catherine are watching this right now. Hey guys, Gideon asked me to share this, so I'm going to have to do it. But uh, I was I was sitting there with security, and they're just grilling me. They're like, "Why why are you here? Why are you here? Where where are you going? Why were you in Israel in the Holy Land? What were you doing here?" And I was like, uh, uh, it, was, "It was like an educational trip." I just here with some lovely Christian people. Please don't, please don't interrogate me. Please don't hurt me. And um, and then they're asking me these questions like, "Did you pack your own bags?" Yes, I packed my own bags. And then lastly, they asked, "Are you carrying any weapons?" And I said, "Well, apart from these bad boys right here." And I think I'm the only person that made security laugh in Israeli Tel Aviv airport that day. But uh, luckily, they let me through, so that's great. Um, if we ever met, my name is Jared. I'm the youth pastor here. Um, I'm 24 years old. Joe's still laughing. Eh? It's good. It's good. Uh, 24 years old, and uh, I've preached a few times, never in the morning service. So this is this is new for me. You guys are gonna have to be extra kind. But uh, please don't judge me by my age. I'm just a young, sprightly young fella, just out of diapers. And uh, just just judge me by the anointing. Okay, that'd be great. That would be great. But uh, I'm going to pray and then we'll get into it. So, dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you Lord, for this opportunity to come around your word this morning. And um, yeah, God, we're really believing that our lives are going to be changed, that we, as we grasp this truth, that we, our lives are going to be completely transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're going we're gonna to get into it. So John 8.32, this is what it says. It's, it's, we all know this verse, do we? It says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know, I, I was sitting in a cafe a few weeks ago with a good friend and um, we were just chewing the fat, having some good yarns, as you do, in a cafe, drinking a flat white. And we, we were chatting, the cafe was quite full, and... Um, uh, 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 during that morning, there, there was a certain man that walked into the cafe. He, he was a big unit. He crossed the road. He walked into the cafe. And as soon as he walked in, head started turning. They, were, they stopped talking and they were like, oh, yeah, cool. And they all looked at him. And, and then, they, then they pulled out their phones. And, and this person, he's very well known. He is, uh, he, you could say that he is a legend that he is, he is uh, a, a national hero, and he's well, he, he's well known in New Zealand and beyond. It was the one and only Sir Richie McCaw. Okay, th- this guy's a legend. Legend. Now, what happened is that everyone kind of just sheepish, you know us Kiwis, we're very sheepish, just kind of trying to subtly like take a photo of Richie. 
post that to Instagram. But, but me, uh, I, I stood up straight away in a very self-assured way and I said, hey, hey, Richie, how's it going? And then I, I, I just, I left my friend there hanging and then walked up to him and I was like, hey, do, like, do you remember me? Because I'd seen him a few months before at Lake Wanaka uh, up a tramping track where he was walking with his wife and, and we got a photo together. I was like, do you remember me? And he's like, uh, he's very polite, hey, very polite fella. He's like, uh, uh, yeah, 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 I remember you. And, um, and so then we got another photo together, posted that straight to social media, felt like the man, Sir Richie and Jared together, best friends forever. But what, what, what would you guys say if, if I try to convince you that because of this one encounter, this one moment, that me and Richie were like best friends? Would you guys believe me? Me and Richie go way back. Richie and Jared together forever, best friends. You guys wouldn't believe me? Well, I, I think the reason that you wouldn't believe me is because there's, there's a difference between kind of knowing, yeah, I know Richie McCaw, and there's a different, and then and it's, it's entirely different to say, man, I know Richie. Like, I know his family. I, I know what his favorite color is. I know what he's been through. I know where he's come from. There, there's kind of two types of knowing. It's like, we all know Richie, right? And you guys are all impressed that I got a selfie. Or maybe not. But uh, there, there, there's a difference between kind of knowing, like, yeah, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. And then, and then intimately, experientially knowing. And, and, and so what, what we have here is that in John 8, 32, it says you, you will know the truth and that truth will set you free. There's a connection between the truth that you know and the freedom that you're experiencing right now. Does that make sense? Now, we, we live in this kind of information age and if we need to know something, we just Google it. We don't even need a library anymore. We, we, we have all the libraries of the world at our fingertips. And, and the, I guess the trouble with this is that we, we know a lot and there's a lot available, but, but, but what, what, what do we actually know? Like, what do we know that we know? What are we, what are we convinced of? Because I, I, I'm convinced that it's not about how much you know or, or how much information you consume because we can consume a lot of information. But I'm convinced that if we want to make a big difference in this generation and in this city, it's not going to be... What, what information do we consume? It's going to be what kind of information consumes us. What are we consumed by? What are we convinced of? What are we convicted about? You will know the truth. You will know the truth. Man, I know who I am. I know who my God is. I know that I know that I know. And that's the truth that's going to set you free. Are you with me this morning? By the way, when I preach, this is, this is a dialogue, okay? I'm just going to keep yelling at you till you yell back at me. I'm not going to be offended. If something sticks out of you, say, preach it, white boy. Just go for it, okay? I need your help. I'm lacking sleep and energy. You guys need to work with me here, okay? Are you with me? Are you with me? All right. 
Now, thank you, preacher white boy. Okay, now, the problem is that with all these, you know, we got all these podcasts, we get a sermon a week. If you're lucky, it's a half good one. Um, and hopefully it's going to be good this morning. And, and we have all, all this truth available. We have the Bible at our fingertips all the time. And, and we have all the, this information and the trouble is that often we don't go through life living in that reality. We don't go through life living in that sense of freedom. Like we, we kind of know a few things. We know, you know, that we're saved, that we're, that we're set free. But, but are we living in that reality today? Are you guys living in that freedom right now? Like if you walk out of these four walls and you start work tomorrow, are you going to be living in that sense of freedom? See, what I think happens is that we kind of know the truth and, and because we don't know it intimately, experientially, firsthand, we, 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 we actually seem to forget it. It's like the challenges of life, they come our way or things that people say seem to almost drown out the truth that we have. Have you guys ever experienced this? Like you'll, you'll be going through your week and you just feel, ugh, man, I know Jesus saved me, set me free, healed me, delivered me, saved me of my sin. But for some reason, I just feel buried. I just feel heavy, man. Like, like the boss at work, he's being a real sad guy. And, and I don't even like my job in the first place. And the kids are playing up and, and, and all this stuff's happening. And she said this, and I don't feel like I met the mark or I didn't perform as best as I could. Man, I just feel buried. Have you guys ever felt that? Like you know the truth, kind of, but you're not feeling it. You're not experiencing it. What, why is this? Why, why do we not live from this place of Constant faith, constant certainty. Man, I'm a son of God. Man, I'm a daughter of God. Man, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Man, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Why do we not have this attitude all the time? And see, what I think happens is that, um, we're gonna jump to this next scripture. I, I feel like the truth becomes buried in our lives. Let's read the scripture together. Whoa, that's a lot of scripture. You guys ready? Okay, I reckon we should stand for this. Let's get active. We lost an hour of sleep, so let's, let's get a bit of blood pumping. All right, we're going to read this together. Okay, Matthew 13, 1 to 9. Ready? Let's read. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. That's Lake Galilee, by the way. We were there like two weeks ago. It was amazing. Continue. Great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. And the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground 
and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Praise God, you can grab a seat. Now, sorry. That's some fresh New Zealand water, man. That's not desalinated water. That's some good New Zealand water. But what, what happens is, is that the devil, when the word is sowed, so we come to church every Sunday, and a great word is sowed. Or, or we, we listen to a podcast and, man, we get excited. We're like, oh my gosh, I can change the world. I can do anything. Come at me, man. Like, life just seems so easy when you get that revelation. You're like, how am I even struggling right now? Like, I've got the answers. I've got the keys. Like, I can do anything. And what happens is that when the Word is sowed, when we come into contact with truth, what happens is that we see a process here that the devil, his strategy is to do everything he can to, to steal, to smother, and to bury that truth in your life. Are you with me? He, he tries to bury the truth. Now, I, I want to illustrate this because I'm a visual guy and I learned visually and Jesus taught in parables, pictures. So if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you. So, so what this looks like is that when we get saved, truth comes into our life for the first time. Wow, my sins are forgiven. I'm, I'm, received, I'm gonna reach out by faith and re, I'm gonna take hold of that forgiveness. So what happens is, this, this, this is your soul right here, this dull banana box. This is what your soul looks like. And, and, and underneath the hood, underneath the hood, beforehand is your sinful nature, right? This is, this is good theology. Your sinful nature, this is what it looks like. Now, what, what happens is that when we get saved, your, it says that your sinful nature is taken out. And then this is what God does. He, he throws it away. It's no longer part of you. We don't need that anymore. Okay, we, we still have a propensity to sin, which means that we still have an ability to sin if we, if we want to, but our, our inherent nature is now righteousness. So what happens is that, this, this right here is a crisp $100 bill, okay? I'm going to go down to the cafe after this, buy me a drink, all right? Get some real inconvenient change from this. But um, what, what happens is that our sinful nature is taken out and thrown away, and then the nature of God is given to us. So that's what happens when we get saved. We reach out, we grab it, and now the, the, the truth is that we are now sons and daughters of God. We are now sons and daughters of God. See, we, we are 100% righteousness. Colossians 2.9 says that we've been brought to fullness in Christ. 100. 100. 100%. Which means that in God's eyes, in our spirit, who we really are is way, 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 way beyond the way that we currently see ourselves. Do you guys believe me? We are 100 you might wake up tomorrow morning and be feeling about 13. In fact, I know that that's the case for me most Mondays. Okay? You, you might be going through work and feel, man, I'm 52. I'm doing all right. 
I'm getting by. But, but what the Bible says is that we now permanently have access to everything that Jesus has access to. He's taken the very nature of himself and put it in us. So what happens is under the hood, boom, that's what we have. We are now 100% righteous. We are now 100% enthusiastic. We are now 100% joyful. We are now 100% energetic. Energetic. We are now 100% full of joy. We, we, are, we are now 100% innocent, which means that it, your identity is not based on your performance anymore because before it had to be. But now we live in a constant state of rest. Oh, thank God. We, our identity does not change depending on how we feel. It is only based on the truth of who we are. Is this making sense? That's a powerful thing. We are now 100 all of the time and it is up to us to access that as much as we want. So you can choose to live 13% on a Monday. You can choose to live 52% at work. But I'm telling you, if we get a revelation of who we really are, we're going to live at 100 all of the time. Amen? Now, we have this truth. So we're, we're, we're now 100% righteous. We're perfect in Christ. We got His nature, which means that we are now empowered to do everything we need to do. You have everything that you need. You don't need anything. That's why it says godliness with contentment is great gain because you've already got everything you need. Now, we have this truth and, and we, we have access to everything we need. Because of this, you guys are now a threat. You're very dangerous people. Very dangerous people. Who, who likes to live dangerously? I like to live dangerously. Now, because of this transaction, the devil's worst nightmare is not the boogeyman. It is not Freddy or Jason. It is not, it is not Slender Man. It is you. The reason that you are the devil's worst nightmare is because if you only woke up and realized who you already are, you're going to be unstoppable. You're going to be unstoppable. There is no challenge in life that you will not overcome if you just rest in who you already are. Now, the reason that the devil does not like this is because he knows he's already lost. And so what he's going to do, what his strategy is, is to try and bury the truth so that you can't see the wood for the trees. So, so, so he might come along and this is you right here. Remember the $100 bill is under there. And he might say, he might come with some doubt and he might say, you know what? Like, can we be so sure that the Bible is really true? I mean, there's so many other religions, so many other books. We don't even need God anymore. We've got technology. I don't believe in God. I believe in science. Not your Libra, anyone? No? All right. Um, and science is great. I believe that it testifies to the reality of God even more. Um, but that we have all these doubts like, oh man, how can I be so sure? I saw this kind of contradiction. I don't know. Is, is God saying 
this? Is God saying that? I don't really know if I can trust God. And so He'll, he'll bury you with doubts. He'll bury you with questions. He'll bury you with suggestions to the point where you don't really believe God anymore. You don't really believe the, the, the truth about you. And then you start living not at 100, you start living at 13 again because you're full of doubt. You're full of doubt. And, and then he might come along and say, you know what? Or someone will come along and say, you're, you're not really that good. You're not really that good. Discouragement. You, you feel discouraged. Maybe it's something that has happened in the past or um, something that someone has said to you and it really cut to the heart. And, and we all live with discouragement to a certain level if we allow it to take root. And, and so what happens is that when we become discouraged, when we, when we bow the knee to discouragement, we, we start getting buried again because now we think, ah, maybe I'm not that good. Like this thing happened, I failed, I, 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 I said something, they, they pointed out a weakness in me. Maybe it's not true. Maybe, I aren't, maybe I'm not that good. Maybe God doesn't love me that much. Maybe I'm not worthy of a pay rise. Maybe God doesn't even want to heal me. And so we live discouraged because we think, ah, this must be true. I'm not that good. I don't feel that good. And, and the danger of that is that when we start living based on feelings, you're not going to be able to see the wood for the trees. You're going to lose sight of who you really are. And, and the next thing that happens is, is that there's, there's disappointments. And I, I think this has a large part to do with, with expectations not being met. Maybe you really thought, that it was going to work out this way, or maybe you had you really thought that um, you know you'd be married by now, or maybe you really thought that you'd be healed by now, or maybe you thought that you were going to really excel and you didn't hit the mark, you didn't do as good, you failed the test, you failed the assignment, or maybe someone else failed you, maybe you feel betrayed. And, and you thought, man, I, I was really hoping that, that they would come through for me. I was really hoping that they would honor me. I was really, I was really hoping that they would, they, would, they, they would work with me, that they would have my back, but they didn't. And, and so we live with this disappointment and, and we're buried. Are you getting the picture? And, and the last thing that happens, and I believe this is one of the most dangerous, is that we have distractions and this is really key because probably about 10% of you are on your phones right now while I'm preaching, not even engaged in this message. And, and what happens is that we get distracted because we no longer value the presence of God to the point where we would rather just leave that till last minute or come to God as an emergency line instead of just spending time in His presence, instead of just valuing God for who He is and what He's already done for you. Instead of pressing in, we, we live by the smell of an oily rag and, and we, we, we still want to, you know, we still expect that, oh, you know, God's going to come through. He will come through, but, but, but we need to engage with Him. And so what distraction does is that it takes your eyes off the prize. It takes your eyes completely off the prize to the point where this becomes a daily habit. What you do first thing in the morning says a lot about what you value. 
if you're checking emails, if you're, if you're on straight on social media, it says a lot about what you really value. What's the last thing you do at night? That says a lot about what you value. What do you spend your time thinking about the most? Because you're moving in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. And so what the devil will do is that he will throw distraction at you to the point where you're now buried alive. You're so diverted, you're so distracted, you're all over the place that you, you can't see the wood for the trees. You no longer know how good your God is. You, you don't really know who you are. There's a sense of hopelessness because you're diverted, you're, you're, you're not focused, there's no order. And so distraction enters our life and, and once again, we become buried. We become buried alive. Now, this might look a lot like you this morning. Nice big old pile of banana boxes. But the crazy thing is that despite the devil's strategy to hit us with doubts and discouragement and disappointments and distraction, let me ask you a question. Despite how we're feeling right now, about who we are, about who God is, is, is what I put there in the first place still there? It's still there. What if I try to convince you that the $100 bill is not there anymore? Would you believe me? What if I offered you like 50 cents to, to, to just walk away? Matter of fact, I'll give you 50 cents if you just stop acknowledging that and, and, go and go and enjoy the 50 cents. Don't spend it all at once. See, this is what the devil does. We become so buried. We become so weighed down. We feel so heavy. We enter this downward spiral to the point where we don't have sight of the truth and we start losing who we are. We lose our, our edge. We lose our identity. But the reality is that despite all of this, despite the feeling of being buried, that the truth still remains. Amen? The truth still remains. And, and if we're not careful, we're going to start living our lives by what we see and what we feel instead of what we know that we know. Because some of you, 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 you know the truth. Yeah, yeah, I know that God's good. Yeah, I know that, you know, I should be in church on a Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I know this Jesus fella. Yeah, I know that he loves me. But, but, but do you know, do you, when push comes to shove and you start feeling these feelings of heaviness, what do you do in response? Because what you know that you know is going to be your response. What you know that you know. When push comes to shove and someone says something, how do you respond to that? If someone says, you suck. You're not that good. You did terribly. I don't even like you. How do you respond to that? Because if I know that I know that I know that, man, I'm a son of God. Man, I'm a daughter of God. Man, I'm so valuable. Man, I'm so lovable. 
that your response is going to be garnered by the truth that you're carrying in here and not what you're feeling here. It's not going to be a chemistry set in your head. It is going to be a conviction of God that's going to carry you through the circumstance, the challenge, and the obstacles. You know what? We, we cannot afford to live by our feelings. Because if we want to be people that are effective, if we want to be people that can make a difference in our, in our worlds, in our lives, we can no longer afford to look at this pile and go, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. What we need to do instead is on a daily basis, we need to start reminding ourselves of who we are. We need to start reminding ourselves of who we are. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter how I've performed. The truth about you today is that you are still a son or daughter of God. You are still forgiven. You are still the righteousness of God. You are still healed. I believe that strongly this morning, that you are healed you are the head and not the tail. You are perfectly innocent. You are powerful. You are brilliant. You are chosen. You are predestined for greatness. And you are empowered by God. We don't need to wait to get to heaven to live this today. We don't need to live to we, we don't need to wait till we get to heaven to live this today. And what happens is that when we start confessing our identity in Christ. When we start, this is how you do this. When we start reminding ourselves of who we are, this is what happens. We go, you know what? I feel terrible today. I feel awful. I woke up on Monday morning feeling 13%. But you know what? God is good. I have the energy of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. And what starts to happen is that you start to chuck off the layers. You start to throw off the layers it doesn't matter how you're feeling. Man, I, 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 I failed in that test. I feel really bad about who I am. I, I, I don't even like who I am. But when you start confessing, man, I'm the righteousness of God. I am not based on my performance. My strength and my confidence comes from who God says I am. And so what you start doing is throwing that off. And the next thing happens, the disappointment comes your way. Oh man, why, why didn't this happen? Or why did this happen this way? But instead you're saying, man, I know that regardless of what happens, that God is still good, that all things work together for the good of those who love Him and who are called according to His purpose. And so what you're doing is throwing off disappointment. <laughs> and distraction comes, but you make a conscious daily decision. Man, you know what? I value the presence of God. This is who I am. The flesh is weak, but the Spirit is willing. I'm going to press into God even when it's not apparent that I need Him. And what's going to happen is that distraction isn't going to have a hold on you. You're no longer going to be buried by lies. You're no longer going to be buried by things that are not true. But instead, what you're going to do is be standing on who God says you are the whole time. Can I get an amen? You know, we, we need to be people that cling to this truth. Well, I, I pray that tomorrow morning when you get up for work that you see this picture and maybe you start feeling those feelings you always feel, but you say, you know what? I'm making a change. I'm not just gonna think about the truth. I'm gonna do the truth. Because you know what Jesus says is that if you, don't, if you hear the word but don't do it, it's like looking into a mirror, walking away and then forgetting what you look like. 
Doesn't that just sound ridiculous? But this is what happens is that when we come to church or when we get, when we, when we kind of know the truth, that immediately we walk away. But if we don't do it, if tomorrow morning that you wake up and you feel those feelings, but you don't, you choose not to stand on the truth of who you are, then you've forgotten what you look like because this is who you are. You are 100. You are 100% righteous. You are a son of God. You are brilliant. God has given you a sphere of influence that He wants you to execute on. He wants you to deliver on. He wants you to be an influence for. And so I pray this morning that you would get a picture of this. And as the band come this morning, we're gonna, we're gonna have a time of worship, a time of response, because I feel like there's people in this place this morning and on the live stream that... You, you have a sense of heaviness that you're just feeling buried. And I know I'm a young, I know I'm a young guy and, and I don't have a lot of life experience, but I can empathize because I've been through some stuff too. But you might have circumstances with your family right now or maybe your marriage isn't looking that good or maybe your finances are looking in a bit of a state or maybe you're sick in your body. Maybe there's something that you're really believing for a breakthrough for. But I want, what I want you to know is that although you're in these circumstances, you're inside these circumstances, I want you to be reminded of who's in you. Because if you're more familiar with what's going on in here, you're gonna overcome whatever is happening out here. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, he that's in the environment around you, he that's in your work atmosphere. You have greatness in you. You are the greater one. It's you and, you and God equals the majority. You might be the only Christian in your workplace, but if you've got Jesus, and if you know that you know that you know, man, I belong to God, and I'm chosen, I was born for this, you are gonna overcome, you are gonna win. And if you're feeling those feelings even this morning, what I want us to do is every, if every person could stand to their feet, we're going to have a time of response because I really believe that when we worship, when we acknowledge God for who He is and what He's done, it is that we become acutely reminded of how good He is. We become acutely reminded that, that we belong to Him. And we're going to sing this, we're going to sing this song I am who you say I am. And, and when we speak this out, when we sing this out this morning, I, I, I want you to sing this with faith. I want you to declare this over your life, that I am who you say I am, God. I am not how I feel. I am not my feelings. I am not my performance. I am not what other people say. I'm who you say I am. I'm who you say I am.